starting at verse 21. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word, so his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks so much, uh, Emily, for reading. Uh, we're going to take a look at that uh, um, reading there now. Why don't we pray before we do? Father, we ask for your help, for your insight, for your uh, illumination of our hearts and our minds uh, this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so we are in this uh, series um, that we've been looking at through Matthew, this part of Matthew's gospel. This um, woman uh, in this passage is one of the most courageous, uh, intelligent, and spiritually attuned people that you will find in the Bible. Uh, there is um, a, 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 the series that we've got, we've called it Responses to Jesus. We've seen, we began by looking at the parables which talk to us about different kinds of responses. We've then seen a number of different positive and negative responses to Jesus. And now we have this particular woman here. And the background to it, which you kind of need to know um, uh, to make sense of some of it, is that um, there is a story here of ancient enemies, uh, between uh, Jesus and, um, uh, and the, the people that we've got uh, described here. So um, let me read the opening again. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Uh, a Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus didn't answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. Um, here is a map of the region. We've been looking at maps over the past while, seeing where Jesus... We remember last week we saw Jesus was in the north, um, and the Pharisees had come up to, uh, to see him there. We're now looking at a pl two places called Tyre and Sidon, which are just along the coast there, you can see, marked, um, and they're about 30 or to 50 miles, respectively, west towards the coast. Jesus, as it said there, he is still trying to withdraw and get a break and get some rest. And I know I sort of keep describing this, that... At every turn, Jesus seems unable to do that. But he's still trying here. Jesus withdrew again to the region of Tyre and Sidon. So this time he goes to the coast. Um, I don't know whether it's like turning up at Cornwall at the moment and finding then you've got the G7er there and it's very much busier than you were expecting. But he arrives at the coast hoping to withdraw and then this happens. Um, he's met by this particular woman. And Matthew, when he describes this woman, uses a word that she is a Canaanite woman. He is using an old historic term of reference to signal that this is one of Israel's ancient enemies, going way back into the Bible's history. You may know, you may be from, um, you may know the history of 
uh, Protestant and Catholic divides in Northern Ireland and in the, uh, the country of Ireland uh, over the decades and the centuries. You may know the history of divides uh, in the region of the Balkans in Europe and some of the conflicts that have been there. Uh, you may perhaps know some of the historic divisions and divides and tribal warfare between the surface in some African or Middle Eastern nations that bubble up from time to time and are there historically. This is the kind of thing that Matthew is uh, evoking and reaching back to. One of Israel's ancient enemies, the Canaanites, and that is the kind of woman uh, that he is met with. She was also, we were told, Pete was talking about this, she was a pagan woman, so not somebody of the Jewish faith. Uh, she was a woman, and typically a rabbi would not have talked to her. And her daughter was demon-possessed, and so she would have been regarded, if she wasn't already, as unclean for that reason too. So can you see the kind of, there are a number of barriers and layers and distance between Jesus and the woman here, but she comes out to him, she calls out, son of David. So she's obviously heard the rumors. She's heard a little bit. She's heard something that we know from earlier in the gospel. The, the news had spread around Syria and the wider region that people had come to Jesus. So there's, there's news that has traveled. But Matthew is setting up for us this uh, meeting between Jesus, Jewish teacher, miracle worker, rabbi, Messiah, and this pagan woman. Now, if you were one of Matthew's readers, the first people he's writing to, you would have then your ears would have been pricked up, wouldn't they? You would have been kind of, okay, this is interesting. What's going to happen here? Um, a friend once told me that, um, so Jesus, we're told, uh, Matthew sort of ratchets up the pressure. Jesus didn't answer, he didn't say anything. So he just waited. Um, and a friend once told me that they think, I quite enjoy silence in our conversations. He said, you're very happy just to sit and, uh, and just sort of let there be this kind of silence, even if it's awkward. And sometimes some of the um, staff do joke that I, uh, I quite enjoy sort of throwing out questions. And we kind of all sit there and it's like, let's just enjoy this, this tense, awkward moment for a minute. Just see how we're all feeling. Jesus just, he's just not a word. So what is going to happen? Matthew is a master storyteller. And so we're, at this point, we're kind of wondering, what, what is going to happen? What he does is he gives her a challenge and an invitation. This uh, meeting of the Messiah and an ancient enemy, a challenge and an invitation. So Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied... It's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Now, Jesus says something here which might sound pretty controversial because when he says it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs, it sounds like it might be a racial insult, a racial slur. Um, and that's because in those times, the word for the, 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 the dogs, were, dogs were not wanted. Um, uh, a Middle Eastern expert called Kenneth Bailey, who writes about the sort of traditional culture there, he says dogs were despised, pigs were worse, but dogs were pretty close. Um, and dogs were wild, they were dirty, they were scavengers, they weren't cute lockdown pets, okay, which I know has become a big thing. 
So there is every chance, though, that we hear this initially as a, a potential racial slur. What is Jesus doing saying that? But it's not quite what it seems. And that's because actually what he's doing is he is giving another, very short, but another parable. Just a very short story. Just in that line, he gives a short parable story. And in fact, what Jesus does when he uses that word, that word dogs, actually he uses the word that means little dogs. So in fact, actually, here are the lockdown puppies. So he's just talking, so, oh, you see it? Kind of melts your heart, doesn't it? So he's, he's using the word which means puppies. Um, what he's doing, he's telling a story. He's picturing a dinner table scene. Um, so he's kind of saying, you know, you know how it is when the household all gathers together, you know what it's like. You know that it's a bun fight, don't you? You know there's noise everywhere, and you know there's the people who are after the food, and there's the people who are really hungry, and, and you know you're going to say, uh, says Jesus, you know you're going to say, look, let's get the kids fed first. If we can just get them settled and sorted, and then we'll sort out ourselves, and we'll sort out everyone else, and there's all the noise around, and we'll, you know, we'll, let's just make this happen in the right order, please. The puppy can wait, okay? The puppy can wait. We need to get the others sorted. He's saying that's the order of things. Now, that's why he said earlier on, he just said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. What he means is that his main task, his main job, was to go to God's people first, the Israelites. And his main uh, focus was to be the one that they were looking for, to fulfill all the Old Testament scriptures, everything that would have led up to this point. He was going to be their Messiah King. That was the, the, fo- the main job that he got. And in many ways, the, the first thing he got to do was come and sort out God's wayward people. Um, the term for sheep is actually it's not much better than the term for dogs, really. It's not as though he's sort of elevating them. Actually, he's got to go and talk, uh, sort out these wayward sheep. He had to go and be their king first of all before he could sort out the rest of the world. Think for a moment about a politician. Uh, we've seen this a few, you know, in the past few years. Um, uh, this has happened. If you're a politician, you've got to become leader first of all, haven't you, of your own party. Uh, you've got to get elected before you can then sort out anyone else. You've got to do that first of all. And as you say, we've seen it in the past few years from different parties. You know, you've, got, you've got to get into position. You've got to get elected before you can then say, well, now let's sort out the problems of the nation and the rest of the country. So a, a little bit like that. First God's people, then we'll go to the rest. So Jesus is saying, Look, I've got this particular role. You could say perhaps he was burdened with a glorious purpose, a particular one. So, but don't get him wrong, just to, to add, a few chapters earlier, he's talked about the disciples when he sent them out, and he sent them out saying, you guys go to the, the lost sheep of Israel. That's your focus too. But he also said there will come a point when you will be witnesses to the Gentiles, Gentiles being the rest of the world. You will be those witnesses. And of course, at the end of his gospel, he will say, go now into all the world and make disciples. So it's not as though he's, um, he's not got that in mind and not got a plan um, and he's just at this point saying, look, there is an order of priority, Israel first, then the other nations. Now, can you see why this is then a challenge, first of all? Because Jesus is being absolutely straight up with her. You are not my first concern. It's pretty stark, isn't it, in some ways? Now, we will come back to this topic of the Gentiles and going to other nations. We'll look at it next week because this story goes alongside the one that comes next. And they're both about the Gentiles and how Jesus moves out um, to there. So we will come back to that and that question of other nations. 
Uh, but he is being really straight up with her, and he's being pretty blunt, and he's saying, you are not my first concern. But it is also an invitation. Now, why is that? Because I said it's a parable. Do you remember all the way back when we started in chapter 13, Tim talked to us about parables, and he said, parables are a filter. They filter out our response. And if you're not interested, when Jesus tells a parable, you'll largely go, whatever, I don't know what that's about, and it'll go over your head, and you'll walk away. But if you are interested, even if there's a glimmer of interest, you're going, well, okay, what, can you tell me more? I'd love to know a little bit more about that. You'll get invited, you'll get drawn in by what he's saying. You know when, um, I wonder if it's a little bit like this, I was thinking about teachers, a couple of teachers I had in school uh, when I was growing up, and if you're a teacher, you might be a teacher here, um, you may be a student or a pupil here, and if there's a teacher who, you know, imagine they see a student, maybe they're just a bit different, maybe they don't come from the normal backgrounds, maybe they haven't had some of the advantages that others have had, but you can, the teacher can see something about that student, that pupil, um, and they just think, I don't know, there's something about them. They may, maybe there's a kind of diamond in the rough kind of uh, mindset. You kind of say, is there, is this, I wonder if I just throw out this challenge. I wonder if I throw out this invitation. I wonder if they'll take it up. I wonder if they're interested. I wonder if there's something there. And I wonder if Jesus is a little bit like that here with this woman as he throws out this parable just to see what are you going to make of this? And the woman then replies, that's our second heading. So we had Jesus' challenge and his invitation, the woman's wit and humility. The woman's wit and humility. And she says this. He says it's not uh, right to um, uh, take from uh, the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She says, yes, it is, Lord. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted, and her daughter was healed at that moment. Jesus, when he replies to her, he's saying, what a first-class answer. What a top-draw response. Astounding. That's a great reply. Now, why, why is it such a good answer? Because I said it was a parable. I said if you're interested, it'll pull you in, it'll invite you in. And the woman answers Jesus from in, within the parable. She answers it from within the story. She puts herself in his story and responds to him. It's like she takes that story of the household gathering at the mealtime, and she sort of says, let's just, let's run with that. Let's play with that a minute. Let's go. And she puts herself in it and says, you're telling me? I know. I know it's a bun fight. I know the kids are making noise. I know there's noise everywhere. I know there's people around. I know everyone's clamoring for food. They've been waiting. It's noisy. There's melee. I know that it's all going off. I know what it's like, Jesus, and I know you sort out the kids first. I know that's what you do, but you know, Jesus, and I do, that the puppies get looked after as well. You know that they do. Now it might not be, you know, it might not be they get served first. It might just be the scraps that they've got. But we, you know that they will get looked after as well. And it's as if she is saying, you know, I know I'm not from Israel. I'm not from your people. I know I'm not top of the list. I know I don't have a place at the table. I know that's how it is. But I think in this big household you're describing, I think you know you can help me as well. Isn't that, a, isn't that a bold and a, a, and a brilliant answer? 
It's full of wit, it's full of lightness, it's full of humor, it's full of intelligence. Uh, one preacher says this is so different to our Western thinking, because in our Western thinking, we think if we're bold and assertive in this kind of way, we can pretty much only do it by standing on our rights. So my rights dictate that I should have this or that. I deserve this, I deserve that. That's why I'm coming to you. And he says, this woman is saying exactly the opposite. I know I don't have rights. I know I don't have a place. I know I don't have anything that I can claim on you. But I think still, Jesus, you have the ability to help me out and to bring me in. He calls it a rightless assertiveness. A rightless assertiveness. Not one standing on rights. Um, she is, this woman is, one of the very few people in any gospel to really get a parable. She has the, uh, the audacity, the courage, the intelligence to put herself in the story that Jesus has just told. And that's what makes it such a remarkable response. And, and what makes it such a response that she kind of gets Jesus and his good news, that it could be for her. And Matthew is making a contrast. We've seen a couple of them along the way. We had the Pharisees last week. And do you remember the Pharisees had traveled 100 miles to get to Jesus to go, kind of, Jesus, why is it your, your disciples aren't washing their hands? And they can't travel 100 miles to kind of give him a proud smear. And the Canaanite woman here, with her humble humor, weaves herself into his story. Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted, and her daughter was healed at that moment. Why is this, why is this good news? Why is this here? Why is Matthew encouraging us to look at this? Why is this good news? I think because Jesus sees you, and he knows you, and he can pull you into his story, whoever you are. He sees you, he knows you, he can pull you into his story, whoever you are. There's a couple of things that just spin out for it as we finish um, and pull this together. A couple of things that spin out just to reflect on and ponder that I think come from that. Just the, the, the picture of these two. That knowing that, knowing that Jesus sees you, that he can pull you in. Actually, do you know that, that means you don't have to be the hero of the story? You don't have to be the hero of the story. Do you know this takes, I hope this might take some of the pressure off. I, I don't know if you know, there is a lightness to the gospel. There is a lightness to the Christian gospel, the message. Actually, it, it, I, I see and I understand in it, actually, all that Jesus has come to do, and he's come to do it, and I'm one of the, I'm one of the waywards, uh, I'm one of the Gentiles, as many of us would be here, from other nations, uh, not deserving of a place. And there is a lightness. We actually don't need to take ourselves too seriously. Jesus came to do the work that was needed to draw us in, doesn't stand on your or my how we did and how, what place we have and status and how much we've done. It's not that. There's a lightness. You can actually be at ease with yourself. If you're a teenager here, if you're a, a platformer or a pathfinder, do you know there can be, I know there can be, and particularly in church circles, if you're part of that, there can be a, a big pressure at times to have the right Christian story. And there isn't one Christian story. Was this woman's story a classic Christian story? No, of course it wasn't. Far from it. But that's the point. We can be pulled into Jesus' story of what he is doing from wherever we are and whatever our background is and whatever place we've come from. We don't have to be the hero of the story. And if that just lifts some pressure, may you know that this morning. And then, just seconds, Jesus' story is open to anyone. 
Jesus' this story is open to anyone. In a moment, we're going to commission those who are going to um, Davy Hume. Um, and it may be that those of you who are heading there, uh, you will encounter people who seem far from God. It may not be Davy Hume. It may be here in Rushhome. Uh, if you live here, or in Chilton, or in Burnage, or in Sale, or Altrincham, or the city centre, or whatever part of Manchester you are from, you may encounter people who seem far from God. And in fact, it may be those, some of you are here this morning who would say, I am somebody who feels far from God. And Jesus sees you, and he knows you, and he can pull you into his story, whoever you are. We've learned a lot um, we learned a lot about households this year, haven't we, during the pandemic, what a household means. And actually, it extends way beyond the nuclear family. Actually, it's that mix and melting pot of a number of different people. And there is a place in Jesus' household for anyone that turns to him. He actually came that we might not just get the scraps under the table, but that we might be made sons and daughters of his at his table, with a place. That's what he came to do. That's who he is. And his story is open to anyone. Actually, the pressure is off you and I. We're weaving into his story. We're not the hero uh, of our own. And if nothing else this morning, as we commission those who go, go with that in your heart. Bask in that truth. See Jesus meet this woman and what he does for her. We're going to listen to some words that, um, uh, of our next song. And it's a, they're, they're, they're words of great longing almost, and they capture something of the spirit and heart of this woman. So just let's use them to reflect uh, and, um, uh, and consider what we've heard and read um, and pray. Incline your ear to me, I 
We're going to come now to the point in our service where we're going to commission those who are going to join the church family at Christchurch, David Hume. And I ask James and uh, Emily if they would come and join us with uh, Amelia and Ella and Jemima up at the front. And in a moment, we'll then be joined by others uh, in just a bit. But first of all, um, it's really exciting. Guys, hello. Nice to see you. Um, it's nice to be able to um, just have these guys up for a moment firstly. One of the most remarkable things about uh, all that we've been trying to do um, in supporting Christchurch David Hume is that it has really begun and come to this point of fruition under the pandemic. Um, and it's been a remarkable testimony to God's goodness and kindness and his work that really all of that, the miraculous ability to bring things about, in many points when we thought that would be much, much more difficult um, because of uh, what has gone on and having to do everything on Zoom, it is very much a new chapter for the ongoing story of the church at Christchurch Davy Hume, where they have uh, sought to present and preach the gospel for many years. Um, and it's very much a new chapter in the ongoing story of what Jesus is doing in the lives of those who are heading out to go and join them there to be a part of it. Um, so it's very exciting. Uh, it's quite a, a kind of momentous point to reach. Um, and James and Emily, um, uh, this is obviously quite a big day for you guys too. Um, and it's, uh, I, I know you're sort of uh, saying goodbye as well as, uh, as many other things at the moment, and you've been with us for the past four years or so, is that right? Yeah, it's actually four years to the day since we moved to Manchester, um, you which, yeah. you know, we <laughs> arrived not really knowing what to expect um, yeah. in some ways, and we're staying, so it mustn't be that bad. <laughs> um, no, we, we've, we've loved it. We've loved being in Manchester. We've loved being part of Platt. Um, I mean, there's so many highlights that we could point back to, the, the Real Lives mission just uh, after we arrived, Roots Weekends away, Church Weekend away, your licensing, three. <laughs> um, Sponges thrown at me in the spring fair, um, the nearly being hit by a meteorite uh, in church, you know, so many things that have, will stick in the memory, but also so much of the, the day-to-day stuff, uh, meeting people, praying with people, seeing people grow in their faith, seeing what we believe impacts on people's lives. Um, I think that's really what I'll, I'll take away. And we just want to say a huge thank you to everyone. Um, it's been a, such a wonderful four years, such a great place to do a curacy the way you have loved us and welcomed us um, supported us uh, it's a great staff team it's a wonderful church family uh, and yeah we couldn't have asked for anywhere better to be for the last four years really <laughs> um, yeah well, Emily will add some some stuff as well I'm sure <laughs> yeah I think I just wanted to echo what James said just to say thank you um, thank you to Paul thank you to Caroline uh, you're both very precious so it means a lot um, and thank you to Sarah as well. You're a very, very special lady, and we're really grateful for all of the children's work. Um, just thank you. We just want to say just um, keep going and keep pressing on. Um, keep sharing your lives with each other. Keep encouraging each other. Keep loving each other. Um, ask those questions. Get to know each other. Get to know someone new today, perhaps. Um, but we just want to say thank you, and we love you. Bye. <laughs> Now then, we are, um, so we're, we're sending you alongside um, a, a team who are going with you to Davy Hume. Uh, yeah, and it's brilliant that we're not going alone. Um, <laughs> at the start of this process, a few people asked, you know, how many people do you, would you like to take with you? Uh, and I said, oh, about 25 adults. Uh, and today we're commissioning 25 adults mm. um, and 14 children um, to join us at, at Christchurch, which is 
incredible, an incredible testimony, really. You know, okay, there's some nice pictures of them all on the screen. Um, incredible testimony, really, of, of how God answers prayer and how we've seen him prepare um, the way for this to, this to happen. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's such a great... It's just brilliant to have these people come with us and um, to know that we're not going alone um, and that uh, there's people who are committed to Christ Church, people who are committed to A.B. Hume. There's a, a great congregation there already. We've been getting to know them. They are lovely. Um, they're looking forward to welcome, welcoming us next week as well. So it, it it's all seems to really have come together in, in a far better than ever we could imagine, and that's really a testimony to what God has, has done. Uh, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy, so we really do value your prayers um, as we go here. Pray for us at a time of change um, for all of us um, who and everyone at Christchurch. It's going to be a time of change, um, and that can be difficult, so pray we would keep relying on God um, and his goodness and his grace uh, towards us. Um, and pray for the people of David Hume. Pray that they would be drawn into that story we've been hearing about this morning, that the, Jesus is for everyone. Um, and pray that we would be drawing people into the church and more importantly drawing people to the Lord Jesus and that they would come to faith in him. Marvellous. Now, what we're going to do, I'm going to invite those. Um, so we're doing this service at all three services today. So those who would normally be at this service uh, are going to come forward. The, the others went. Uh, they're going to come forward now, so I'd love you to come forward if you're going to come and join us at the front. We'll try and be as socially distanced as we can. Uh, that might mean we sort of spread out a, a good way across. That's okay. Um, so do come and join us. I'm going to sort of loiter here at the front. So come and come see where you can be. Just, yeah, come, come in and you'll be sort of slightly further back and forward. And um, I know it's not easy uh, to do this. Maybe I'll go down a step. Can I do that? Hopefully. Um, and uh, so you get a good look at them all here. It's very exciting, isn't it? And I'm just, uh, no, we, we're not able to sort of go around everybody, but I'm just going to ask um, in particular, um, I think, uh, Joanna, if uh, you might be able to tell us, uh, Jenna, you were nominated. Oh, you've got a microphone. Marvellous. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about why you're in, uh, joining the revitalization and kind of what excited you about it? Um, hello, everyone. Um, my husband's working today, apologies. Um, but <laughs> Jez and I, um, Ivye and Dara Simi, who's fast asleep here, um, <laughs> we're really excited to be joining the church in Davy Hume. We've lived in Sale for about four years, and it's an answer to prayer, really, to have a church in Trafford to be part of. Occasionally, I also work in Trafford Hospital as well, so it's really a delight. Um, and also for the girls, I think Jez and I are really happy to bring them into a church family that's growing and expanding, and for them to see that as well, I think that's really important for their, for their lives as they grow up into, into godly young women. Yeah. Marvellous. Thank you so much, Joanna. So, uh, do you want to... Um, oh, there you go. Marvellous. Thank you. Um, and to hear those stories, and others will be able to share with you their thoughts and stories, and perhaps you can catch them um, afterwards or over our picnic. What we're going to do now is we're going, to, we're going to commission them, and I've got some prayers and some words and some questions that I'm going to ask everyone here, um, which will be on the screens for you to follow. So there's some questions that I'm going to put to you. There'll be a prayer that we all pray later on uh, when we get to that moment. Uh, but I'm, firstly, I'm going to begin with these words. In the beginning... God spoke into darkness, and there was light. God continues to bring life and light through his powerful word. One sows, another waters, but it is God who brings the growth. Brothers and sisters, you are now to be commissioned 
to serve the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ together with those at Christ Church Davie Hume. And in order that we may know your mind and purpose, that you may be strengthened in your resolve to fulfill this ministry, we ask you to make this declaration together. Firstly, do you believe that God has called you to serve in this ministry in Davie Hume? I believe that God has called me. Will you love your neighbours and serve your church and community, being eager to do what is good? With the help of God, we will. Will you seek in all that you do to do it all for the glory of God, in the workplace and in the home, at the school gates and at the school? Will you love uh, will, will, with those you love and those you struggle to love? With the help of God, we will. Will you seek to be good news people, sharing the good news of Jesus with compassion and conviction, always prepared to give a reason for the hope that is in you? Jesus calls us to go into all the world to be his disciples and to make new disciples of Christ. Together, by God's grace, we will be Christ's people in the I'm going to pray for them. Almighty God, we thank you that you have strengthened your church for her task in all the world through mutual help and service. Bless these, your servants, whom you've called to Christchurch, David Hume, to work together with others there in order to share the way of salvation, give them insight and adaptability, courage and good judgment, make them ready to learn as well as to teach, to receive as well as to give, that they may in all things show forth the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now we have a prayer for us all to say, and I thought perhaps we might stand to say it together. And we pray for ourselves as much as for these guys, and you guys pray for yourselves and us as much as you. So we're going to say these words together. So we pray. Living God, draw us deeper into your love. Jesus our Lord, send us to care and serve. Holy Spirit, Make us heralds of good news. Stir us, strengthen us, teach and inspire us to live your love with generosity and joy, imagination and courage for the sake of your world and in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the company of him who has called you and in the fellowship of his church, go forth and be strong in the Lord. I will give them a big round of applause. Guys, if you just take a seat for a moment, if you guys hang here just one second, um, we have a few gifts that are, are going to be coming in just a moment, particularly for um, uh, the children that are here um, from our church family. We also just, it is a brief moment for me to be able to say a goodbye to James and Emily in particular, um, as, as well as to all of you, to Jane, and to um, Amelia and Emma and Jemima, um, and having served here um, uh, as part of our team um, uh, as a curate, James, um, for these past four years, you guys have been such faithful and servant-hearted friends and partners um, in the work here at Platt, um, uh, and, and many I know would testify to the love and the care that you have shown them and the, uh, uh, and the way that you've extended your family uh, to, to them. 
Um, for me personally, James, uh, your, um, your wisdom and your um, patient uh, support of, of me um, during some interesting times has been something I've really valued, and um, uh, I, I think it's really important that people know that. Um, and all that you've brought uh, in thoughts and wisdom to our staff team and our uh, your love and care across the church. We are really um, indebted to you. So thank you so much. We are going to miss you all hugely, uh, and we're going to miss all of you hugely um, as you go, but we are really excited about what um, is coming next for all of you. Um, we have gathered together um, uh, uh, some gifts. Um, I also have a gift which comes from um, our church family for you guys, which I'm going to give to you, and then I'm going to take away because we're giving it back and forth all day today. Um, so there you go. You can have that momentarily. Um, <laughs> um, and to all of you, we have uh, some various bits and pieces for the children. Um, um, and I wonder if, as those are beginning out, we might give them another big round of applause together. Um, do you want to make, uh, if you guys are happy to make your way back down, thank you so much. Do chat with these folk afterwards um, uh, and as we go outside. Um, thank you, guys. And I think we have a little time just to sneak in some notices. We do. Not very many this morning. Uh, just a reminder that straight after this service, uh, we're going to have a church family picnic. Uh, but it, I say straight after. You would still have time to go and get food if you didn't have any. Mm. We'd love people to stay around. We're going to spill out into the park and sit in small groups. Uh, and you'll have a chance to chat to James and Emily and the others who are going. But also for us to be able to do that together, since we haven't been able to do that for such a long time. Um, uh, there'll be some games equipment out with some hand sanitizer for us to enjoy playing games together. And there will be ice lollies. So there you go. What more oh, do you need? There you go. Thank you for the clap. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough. To, it's quite warm out there today. I know, so that's, that's quite a good thing. Tonight um, uh, at 7.30, if you'd like to join us on Zoom, we're going to be praying for other ways in which we try and support and pray for um, different initiatives across the city. I'll reach the city prayer gathering tonight at 7.30 on Zoom. Um, and the link will be sent out today. So do join us. Things like those that we've just seen come to kind of this stage. We're praying for others as well in different parts of the city, other partners that we support and care for. So um, do come and join us. Uh, it'd be great to carry on praying for them. And you may remember a couple of weeks ago we sang Happy Birthday to Platt that was going to be, 100 and, it's going to be 175 years old this year. Um, and we're trying to get some ideas of what we might do to celebrate. As you go out into the park, there are some big sheets of paper. If you've got some suggestions, you can write them down on that piece of paper. And also on the 26th of June, there's going to be a kind of brainstorming meeting. Uh, and if you'd like to be part of that, then kind of watch this space uh, for information about where and when that's going to happen. And then uh, lastly, the, um, the funeral of Melvin Henry is happening this um, Wednesday at 10 a.m. And the family um, extended their warm invitation. If you would like to come along, the rules have just changed recently for funerals, allowing greater numbers to come, so long as we're social distanced and in masks, um, uh, really along the lines of a Sunday morning. So uh, the family extend their um, uh, welcome to anyone who would like to come. Uh, that's Wednesday at 10 o'clock. And I thought we would just briefly pray uh, for the family and uh, for a few others as well. So let's take a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do just commit to you uh, family, uh, friends of Melvin, as they uh, prepare for uh, and have the funeral this week. Would you uphold them uh, at this time? Lord, we pray too for others 
Uh, we know who are struggling and suffering at the moment. Uh, those we bring to you by name in our hearts now. And including Lords uh, uh, Uchenna, who uh, currently um, uh, needs your care and comforts, and others that we know in our church family um, who are in need of support. May you bless, uphold, and strengthen uh, those, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.